Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. The Danny Mac Show with BK Podcast, powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac with BK. Let's see. That'd be 24, 25. We're about 28 hours away from the first pitch, if I have my math correct. About 25. You know how I know it's almost baseball season, Dan? What's going on? I don't remember the last time that I saw you walk through the door with a collared shirt and a suit jacket on. A little blazer going on. Normally it's a tux. (laughs) Yeah. You're saying I don't get dressed up for this epic program that we put together every no, day. No, I think you enjoy this in part because you get to see my glowing face every Absolutely. day. And also in part because you get to show up in, you know, a t-shirt and it's a jacket greatest. and some sweats in the morning. It's great. BK, that part of the pandemic, and there weren't many bright spots. Don't get me wrong on this one. Maybe the only one for me was being able to go to work with sweatpants Tennis shoes, weird socks, T-shirt. Not bad. I was like, this this is okay. And I get to go talk sports, which I love. Get to talk Cardinal baseball, and I'm in a T-shirt and shorts? Heck yeah. This is Can't the beat best. It, man. Why do you think I came into this business? <laughs> I paid God only knows how much money. Me, my parents, and you know Sally May paid a ton of money for yeah. me to get a journalism degree, degree, for me to be able to wear a hooded sweatshirt it, every single day. It's the beauty of it. That's that's radio. Uh, but today's a, a photo shoot today. Actually, oh, for the station. It's a big time day. For the radio station. Woo-hoo-hoo. How about that? Those huh? are going to be some good looking photos. Oh, you betcha. <laughs> You'll be able to throw some darts at them right when they get published. All right. That is Brandon Kylie, BK. I'm Danny Mac. Tanner Hendrickson is always our great producer and engineer, and he chimes in with actual sensical stuff that we miss. Do you agree with that, Tanner, or not? Yeah, I'll agree with that one. Yeah, okay, you're going to be all, all over that. But when I hear you with BK, I hear you with Ferrario, and sometimes they give you a lot of trouble. Oh, well, yeah. Who, me? Yeah, you. Who yeah. do you think I'm talking to? The wall? Then I we got know. three people in here. I'm not looking at him. I'm talking to you, baby. I got distracted. Okay, all right. <laughs> it's we, our way of showing him love, Dan. It, it, I totally agree. Yeah. If they weren't giving you any trouble, that would be a bad thing. That's yeah. not good. It's true, though. They do attack me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> He's got some really bad takes, Dan. They say that, but then they come true, and they're like, oh, you know what? Not so bad. HR, where are you? Come on in here. Apparently Tanner's upset. John Kiowski just fell out of his chair, who runs 101 ESPN. No, don't bring in HR to Tanner. No, we don't need that. All right, so we got a good show lined up. We're going to visit with Ricky and Keel. And Rick is the former outfielder and pitcher and, and works as an analyst on Fox Sports Midwest. So looking forward to that. The game tomorrow uh, starts at 2 o'clock, the pregame, and then 3 o'clock with the uh, play-by-play. And Brad Thompson will be my uh, partner tomorrow. So looking forward to that. Okay, one of the things we're going to get into is the idea of who closes tomorrow. I'm fascinated with this. I'm really interested if the Cardinals have an opportunity to close the game out tomorrow. You were asking me, like, okay, who would be the DH tomorrow if there's a DH? I'm still not sold. There's not going to be DH. with clock's ticking, but apparently there's not going to be DH. Um, what about who closes the game? And I think 
the Cardinals would maybe ease in Jordan Hicks in like a seventh inning. That's where I'm leaning. And if you have a chance in the eighth with a two-run lead, let's say a one-run lead, three-run lead, I think it's Alex Reyes in the eighth and the ninth. That's where I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go in that direction. If all goes to plan, so Jack Flaherty gives you six seventh inning Jordan Hicks, and it depends on lefties coming up and that sure. kind of thing. But just on paper, so what I'm saying in a general sense is, I think Alex Reyes would get the first crack at it. I really do. I think he would be my favorite for it as well. And like you said, a lot of this depends on the matchups, but I think potentially, because the Reds have a couple of lefties that could beat you. Yep. I know people aren't going to love hearing this. I wouldn't be stunned to see Andrew Miller get an opportunity to close out a game or two here or there early in the season. Gallegos is another guy. Sure. The thing that's really nice about what the Cardinals have in their bullpen, especially at the back end, they've got options. And I feel pretty good about most of those options to close out games. And so as much as we get worried, and I know you've said this before, Dan, I agree with you. Those last three innings are different, or last three outs are different than any other out in the game. I'm not super worried about the role, quote unquote, of being a closer this year. As long as I've got a guy that I trust going out there in the ninth inning, I feel pretty good about it. And they've got three, four, maybe five guys that I feel pretty good about doing it. And let's put it this way too, BK. I think the role of the closer will be a rotation of guys. And then let's get to the all-star break and see where we're at. And if we can see then Jordan Hicks truly become your quote-unquote closer because you feel better about him maybe going back-to-back or, you know, two out of four, three out of six. I think you'll be, generally speaking, pretty cautious with him. But I think, though, that role goes, if you had like a a pie chart, he would be at like 75%, and then the other guys are in the 25% after the All-Star break. Might happen sooner, might happen later, may not happen at all. But my point is, I think that, generally speaking, they want to get back to Jordan Hicks being the guy. And if he has a, you know, he's got a, you know, say he pitched two days in a row and they got to put him out for that game three of that series, then it's the other guys that that come in and, and situational baseball and see who's pitching well. I mean, things happen over a long season. You don't know who's going to be hot, who's down, who's ouchy, matchups with the lefties, all that kind of stuff. But I do think, generally speaking, they'd like to get to Hicks eventually this year. And then the first half of the season is kind of a, a closer by committee. I, I, that's where I'm kind of going with this. I'm kind of there as well. I think the other thing to keep in mind is you mentioned, hey, maybe you go with a six-out save for Alex Reyes. Okay, I'm here for that. What does that mean for him the next day and the day after that and the day after that? I would be very curious. I actually almost want to see what that looks like, Dan, in the opening day. Because then we'll know, okay, how long does it take for him to recover from an outing like that? Where it's high leverage, it's a lot of stress on the arm. Can he go two days later? Does it take three days? What is the recovery time for him when he goes out there and has such a significant workload early in the season? By the way, it's going to be beautiful tomorrow in Cincinnati. A balmy 35. Oh, no, it's gotten really hot now. we, We got a high of 39 tomorrow. Downright tropical out there. 39 will be the high tomorrow. And we have a texter, uh, 65780 from the 217 with the forecast showing better weather. Danny Mack and BK on Friday. Could the opener be pushed back a day? No. Uh, they're going to play it. I mean, if it's cold, if, if now if you were talking in the teens, yeah, we might be pushing that back a day knowing that you have Friday. That's why you have Fridays off. If people are curious about that, it's always to get the opener in and have the ceremonies and various things that go along with it. But 
No, they're, they're going to play in 30-degree weather. It's yeah. going to happen. If it's cold, you can live with that. Sure. It's going to be cold when they play in October as well. And That's this right. team's going to be doing some playing in October this year, Dan. I think so. And so, yeah, they're going to 35 degrees. You can make that work. 39 degrees. You can make that work. Now, if it was thunderstorms, now we've got a different conversation. Sure. I remember doing, uh, I don't know if it was the last time, last opening day that we were on the road and traveling with the team. I was with Jim Edmonds, and in Pittsburgh, it was freezing. I mean, it was so cold, and the sun sets behind the stadium at PNC Park, and it went into extra innings. And by the way, the uh, the ballpark, you know, had not been ready to go. Like, the field was ready, clubhouse is ready, seats are ready, booth wasn't quite ready. So the problem was, BK, we had probably... 30 degree weather, 35 degree. Well, they hadn't turned on, uh, turn off the AC from the year before. So if they oh tried to God. flip on the heat, it was AC. So then we had the air conditioning coming in. That's flying in there. Jim Edmonds and I literally went back to the windows in which the sun was coming in behind us in the hallway and put our cheeks, both facial and others, yeah. up on the glass you, to warm up for the two minutes that we had in a commercial break. We're like, please, we don't care who it is. Somebody hit a home run and let's go. Because we couldn't feel our feet. I, I literally was so cold, I couldn't write on my scorecard anymore. I could, I had no feeling in my hand. I feel I was that like, way sometimes. So um, Jamie Rivers loves oh, to make this yeah. thing into a meat locker in, in our studio. And so there were times when I was doing the show with Jamie where it was like we would get to the one o'clock hour. And I was like, Jamie. I can't do it, dude. I can't feel my hands. Right. I am numb. And this is inside of the studio, so I can't even imagine what it was like for you as it's like 20 degrees outside and you're attempting to do a game. So you're like grabbing the, uh, just imagine like a kid with a crayon and they don't know how to hold it. So that's how I was doing it. Like, you know, grabbing with a fist. You've got you know? mittens on <laughs> right. both hands. It was brutal. So that'll be interesting tomorrow. I, I, on a serious note, you do go from the warmth of Arizona, the warmth of Florida, and they, they've had a workout yesterday. They're going to work out again today. Both teams will do that. But then all of a sudden, you got a guy coming in like Jordan Hicks or somebody throwing uh, 100 mile an hour sinkers in on your hands. Ouch. Yikes. But that's the beauty of baseball. So just deal with it, right? Yeah. And it, the, the other thing about this is if it was – mid-April and it's like the third week of the season that's a little different now you're starting to get into the minutia of everything but opening day the festivities the adrenaline that's going to be carrying you for a lot of these guys Arenado making his debut in a Cardinals uniform like there's going to be a lot of excitement that surrounds this game so you can deal with the cold for opening day when you get a few weeks into the season that's when it might hurt him a little bit more Saturday much better uh, high of 63 Sunday Easter Sunday high of 66 so we're going to get those games in one way or another back to the bullpen Mike Schilt on his closer options right now I love the options we have you know we've got multiple quality options Alex Gio um, Jordan uh, all those guys are more than capable and of course Cabrera and Miller's done it and um, so we got multiple guys Helsley's got the stuff so um, you know, I, I think we'll get closer. We'll start to define roles. And um, good news is we have multiple people that have done it and can do it. So that's very simply put, closure by committee. That's what I take out of that. I do wonder, by the way, speaking of the cold weather, do you want Jordan Hicks his first time out pitching cold weather? I don't know that it matters for me. I, I think it could because um, the game starts at 3 
So let's just say three-hour game. Now it's 6 o'clock. It's definitely going to be colder than, you know, you're in that 30 degree. I, I don't know. If you can buy it, maybe I'm looking too far into yeah. this. I get it. You're on the 26-man roster. You're there for a reason. You're there to play Major League Baseball. I, I just wonder if they're going to be so careful with him. Cold weather. It's going to be warmer over the weekend. If you can avoid it, I, I mean, why not, right? Yeah. If you could get through that first game, you've got so many options, as you just heard there from Mike Schilt. If you want to go Gallegos, Miller, Reyes, Cabrera, whoever, yeah, yeah, go, go for it. You, you can use those guys here, and then in game number two on Saturday, go ahead and go with your 105-mile-an-hour flamethrower. I think you would agree with this, though. Where are the Cardinals going to beat teams this year? And bullpen. It's their bullpen. And it's especially when you look at, and I look beyond this. I'm looking at, I was looking at other teams. Who do they have on their taxi squad? So that's the next round of guys. I mean, that's who they're thinking are, you know, triple A, 4A players, whatever you want to call them. But the Cardinals, man, they have depth. And to me, you're going to use this year. It's just going to happen. Somebody gets hurt. Somebody needs a rest. Somebody gets whatever. So you better have depth in your bullpen, your pitching. They've got that. Now, we'll find out with four and five in the rotation. But in terms of the bullpen, BK, I love it. And I think that's where they're going to win games. I think so, too. I think they're going to win. If this team is as good as I think it can be, Dan, the way that it happens is Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, Paul DeYoung, and Tyler O'Neill are really good in that middle of the order for you. Your top of the rotation is outstanding with Jack Flaherty looking like a Cy Young type of a candidate. And then your bullpen just is nails on the back end. And you're great defensively. Like that is the theory of the case for the Cardinals going into the season. And that's why I'm buying into them. In a lot of ways, this is the quintessential Cardinals team where you look back to yesteryear and it's the middle of the lineup that's doing the damage. You've got some guys that are Cardinals devil magic-y and it's pitching and defense. Yep. And that's, that is the formula for this team to get to where they want to go. Looking forward to our visit with Ricky and Keel, the former outfielder and pitcher of the Cardinals and analyst on Fox Sports Midwest. He is coming up. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. about an analyst that has incredible perspective in the game and when you sit next to this guy boy you pick up a lot that's ricky and keel who's our guest now on 101 espn he'll be part of the broadcast both pre post and some in-game analysis as well this season on fox sports midwest and i was just saying to bk rick uh by the way good morning how you doing great thank you okay good good (laughs) glad you're with us uh i was just saying to bk i said how many guys could you have that is pitched at a high level and then can go play the outfield at a high level, then he hits at a high level, and he can run the bases and do all these different things that an analyst can do, and that's what you're going to bring to the table this year. So we're, we're excited again to, to get together and get you back in St. Louis and get these games going. i, I got to ask, are you on the pregame or postgame tomorrow? Which, what's your role for this first series? Yeah, tomorrow I am on the first game. So I'm on, I'm pre and post tomorrow, excited about it, as I know you guys are. So it was fun to watch spring, and um, it'll be interesting, as always, right, to see what happens when, when the adrenaline kicks and the season actually starts. I think it's going to be fascinating to see players with actual fans in the stands and a sense of somewhat of normalcy coming back to the game and and I thought baseball and all sports did a great job I mean you had the cutouts you had the crowd getting piped in and that was fine but I'm telling you if you were at the ballpark which I was for home games 
itch is different. And I, I really wonder if we're going to see bounce back years from a lot of these players that, in my opinion, were dependent on the energy of the crowd, bounce back and have the normal seasons that they we expect them to have, Baez, Altuve, others. But just having the, the, the crowd back and the excitement back of a full 162, I, I think it's going to make a major impact on the game this year. I think so, too. And you got to give those guys credit for adjusting to everything they had to adjust to, the protocols. And like you said, no fans in the stands, so they're not getting the energy that they're used to. You're not getting the adrenaline that you want, especially in big-time situations where you can – I mean, a lot of guys thrive on that, right? They, they live for it. So I'm with you. I, I think that that's going to be a benefit for those guys, too. And I think, you know, it, it's just now we have half the stands. It's just better than – what we had before. So um, I know during spring training, it was interesting to hear the guys that were in the fans I'm talking about that would, that would pick on guys and make fun of guys because anything that was said, you could hear so clearly it was pretty hilarious. Rick, I also wanted to kind of, as a follow-up to that, one of the things that the players did not have last year in the dugout was the video. And we've heard so much about how these guys rely on video nowadays. How much of an impact do you expect that to have for some of these hitters too? Well, I think it, it, it's like anything. If you get used to something and it becomes a routine, you're used to having it, you're used to seeing it, you want to check something on it, um, then I think that, that you know, it's going to benefit you to have it there. Um, I'm on the fence with two sides of that, right? I, I think that, you know, sometimes guys can overanalyze. Um, and, I, and I think not for everyone, but for some, for, for some guys, right, you do want to keep it simple as in see ball, hit ball, um, make a pitch, and just play the game, right? Like, let's not get caught up in whether it was a strike, an inch off or an inch out. If the umpire called it a strike, then it was a strike. And sometimes um, I, I think that can go one way or the other, depending on how you look at it. How do you like this team? I know you're you're based down in Florida. Probably had a chance to at least check out some of the the the, the team a little bit down there in Jupiter. How do you like the Cardinals of 2021? I love it. I mean, it's exciting. You, you look at what we can do from a defensive standpoint, right? That's amazing. Um, you look at Nolan Arenado that we've added. Uh, we we know what he's capable of doing. Just seeing his name in the lineup it, is going to make opposing pitchers nervous. Um, and then you just look at our young guys who are, who just it seems like they are going to break out. I think seeing Alex Reyes from the bullpen healthy, that's about as exciting as it gets. Um, watching watching Hicks again, you know, he comes in and lights up the radar. Uh, it's exciting. I, I mean, I, for me, there's it, it just it looks like. And then you look around the central and go, okay, who are we going to compete against? Obviously, you put yourself in a position to to lead the central, get yourself into the playoffs. But you look at another guy, Dylan Carlson, who just seems like he understands the game of baseball. It comes natural to him. Uh, it, it's very exciting. And take me into the batter's box with you real quick. You're, you're going up against a guy that you just mentioned and Alex Reyes. What makes him so difficult of a matchup for a hitter? All right. Um, I think the easiest way to say it is he has three plus pitches. Um, he has three above major league pitches, right? He can get me out with his fastball, his slider, his curve. They're above. Not only that, but um, it looks effortless. So if you're in the box and I'm facing him, you know, there's guys, that you can face and they look like they're trying to throw hard. So the faster they go, the more timing and easier, you know, the easier it can be to time those guys with him. It's so slow and easy that, you know, as a hitter, it's almost like when I start to go, um, the ball just gets on you. 
It's just easy. And then he has put away pitches. If I'm facing him, I don't want to let him get to his off-speed stuff. I want to be able to hit the fastball, and we're talking about a fastball that he can run into the upper 90s with movement. It's not flat. Um, and if he does get to the off-speed stuff, and I'm still trying to cover that 95 to 98-mile-an-hour fastball, I'm going to have a tough time. So, you know. Not easy. Um, you know, no. we, we forget, and Ricky and Keel is our guest, we forget that Dylan Carlson is technically still a rookie. And so primarily he played in right field in spring training, and when we saw him last year, primarily in a corner spot uh, for the Cardinals. So he's going to open up this season as the opening day center fielder. What, what's your advice for guys defensively, especially center fielders? They're the, the floor general, if you will, in the outfield. What would be your advice to Dylan Carlson defensively? Um. Make the routine plays. Let's not don't don't concern yourself with trying to make diving plays in the gap um, or, or plays that you're not used to making. Just start with making those routine plays. That's all that's going to be expected of you, and then be able to laugh at yourself. If you're not used to playing in a position, you're going to get a bad read. You're going to get a bad jump. You're going to make a mistake. Be able to laugh at that moment versus you know just burying yourself, thinking oh I should have had that done, and and then. You know, I don't think you put yourself in a very growth mindset if you if you take it that way. So stay positive. Know that you're going to make mistakes and just go with the flow. What do you what have you seen so far, Rick, from Tyler O'Neill in his career and for him to take that next step? Because it seems like he might be in the spring. What needs to happen for him at the plate? The power is there. The speed is there. He won the gold glove last year. I, I think all that adds to his confidence. I think it's just going in there and being consistent. Um, if he's able to, and if he's able to lay off, you know, balls out of the zone, and he consistently can swing it at balls that are in the zone, which is balls he's going to do damage on, then you're going to see, you know, you're going to see a five-tool player do do some really good things. I'm really intrigued about uh, Goldschmidt batting second, Arenado third. So I think a lot of us felt, okay, that's your three, four, and you build around that in the front and in the back of the lineup. What do you think about having those two guys from a pitching perspective? You did it. All of a sudden you look up Tommy Edmond, then it's Paul Goldschmidt, then it's Nolan Arenado in that first inning. That is not an easy first inning to get through. No, I think that's exactly, you know, for, for most pitchers, it's about settling down and getting comfortable. And if you can get out of that first inning, um, most guys start to settle in and then it's tough to get to them. Uh, I think that that's exactly, uh, you're putting fear into that other pitcher, right? It's already tough for them guys to get out of the first. And now all of a sudden you got to face the best they got, so to speak. Um, it's scary. That is, that, that's, it's, you know. That's scary. As a follow-up, I was asked earlier today, somebody said to me, they go, hey, who do you think is going to be the MVP? If, I, if they said, Dan, MVP of 2021 for the Cardinals is, and I thought about it, and I there were some guys I had on my list, and I went with Paul Goldschmidt, and the reason is he's got Arnado hitting behind him. So when you're a pitcher and you've got Goldschmidt last year with not the kind of protection that he had that he's going to get this year, what do you think he could do having a guy of that ilk in Arenado behind him? Well, I mean, it, the sky's the limit. Listen, he can hit for power and for average. Um, and now all of a sudden he can really start to keyhole you and by kind of focus on swinging at balls over the middle of the plate, not chasing and trying to do too much because we're trying to, you know, he's not getting pitched to. 
Uh, I think sky's the limit. He can hit the ball to all fields. You know, that's what I, I really like about him, especially in an RBI situation. He's not afraid to take the ball the other way and drive the run in. Um, you know, with that, there, there's no telling what could be done. Rick, I'm curious if this Cardinals team, because they have a lot of guys that are at least candidates at the early portion of this season to finish the year as an award winner. I mean, I look at Goldschmidt and Arenado. Either of them could win legitimately MVP this year. Jack Flaherty is going to be up there in terms of the Cy Young uh, candidacy, potentially. You've got Dylan Carlson, who you mentioned earlier as a potential rookie of the year candidate. If I told you today, Rick, that at the end of the season, one of those guys wins an end of season award, who do you think is most likely to do so? Oh, um, come on. You've done your homework. Let's go. Yeah, but I'm, you know, I mean, I think the easiest way to go is that Nolan Arenado wins the gold glove. I mean, that would be his ninth. Yeah, he's got the pedigree. He's got the resume. So that would be number nine. That'd be, let, let, all right, so let me go away from gold gloves, right? Because that would be too easy. We got a lot of those. You could go over our over, over our position players and, and, you know, probably get lucky. Let me go with, um, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, gosh. This is like I, know. I feel like everything I'm going to pick is too easy. I would go Alex Reyes. I, I think that if he stays healthy, it's going to be incredible what, what he's going to be able to do for this team out of the bullpen. Um Man, that's a tough one. I don't know. There's too many, there's too many easy like gold gloves. That that's the hardest one to go to. BK you know has I mean? stumped you. I, stumped I like you. it. I like it. <laughs> what it tells I'm me, Rick, to think of something out of the box, and I just don't. I don't know. Hey, I Rick, mean, I could go Flaherty, Cy Young, but we can all see that. We've seen that before. Um. Well, Man, I, you I know, don't know, you know what? I'm going to go back to Flaherty as a Cy Young candidate because if you go back to the second half of a year and a half ago, he was he was the best pitcher in the second half. Then last year there was moments of inconsistency as they built him back up. He's been okay in spring training. We haven't seen a lot of him on the main field because they put him on the backfields. Um, what does he have to do when you're watching him? What does he have to do to get to the elite guy that that does it every fifth day? Um, spotting up the ball down in the zone. Um, you know, I think with him, it's, it's really about spotting up that ball down the zone. I felt like when I watched it that, that year that he was incredible, um, you know, he was just lights out and, and I'll go all the way to back when I played for the Mets watching Matt Harvey. Um, it was incredible. It was like strike one sinker on the outside corner, strike two, cutter on the inside corner there was no wasting pitches they were and that's exactly i felt like what jack did then he was pounding the zone but pounding you know all four corners of the zone especially down to where when it got to a to a 0-2 count if he had to put somebody away they had no chance of laying off of the off speed the slider um that looked exactly like that fastball coming out of his hand so uh, just spotting that ball up down in the zone is going to be huge for him. Totally agree. I mean, you go back to that second half, he was pounding the strike zone and didn't mess around, man. There were quick outs, which is something that will get you deep into games as well. Hey, Rick, we appreciate your time. Looking forward to seeing you tomorrow, 2 o'clock on Fox Sports Midwest, and then 3 o'clock with the first pitch. Thanks for doing this. We appreciate it. 
Thank you, guys. You got it. That's Ricky and Keel. I can't believe we uh, got him from his boat to actually do this. Normally, he's fishing. Dan, I I can't even tell you how many times I've reached out to Rick for this show, for our (laughs) uh, midday show, and his response is, hey, man, I'll have to get back with you next week. I got a big fishing trip coming up this week. Absolutely. I'm like, Rick, I get it, man. You keep living the life, and we'll we'll get back with you. We'll take the rain check. I I, I call him. I say, hey, what are you doing? I'm just off the uh, coast in the uh, Bahama. Okay. All right. He was fishing when I texted him the other day. (laughs) He's like, what are you doing, Danny Mac? I'm like, I'm shoveling snow. (laughs) See you in spring training. Preparing for the baseball season, looking into all of my analytics. Yes. I can't wait till he uh, is with us in the booth. He'll do a great job this year. It should be a lot of fun. So our thanks to Ricky and Keel. One of the things I want to do, go ahead, BK. Yeah, I wanted to follow up with you because I stumped I stumped Rick with this question. But if I asked you, hey, one of the these guys are going to end up with an end-of-season award. It's guaranteed you're going to have to just hit the button on which one. Jack Flaherty, Cy Young, one of the two, you got Paul Goldschmidt or Nolan Arenado with MVP or Dylan Carlson, Rookie of the Year. Which one of those four do you think is most likely to happen? Uh, the most likely. Likely of those, and I'm not sure it will happen, but the one I would lean towards is Dylan Carlson, Rookie of the Year. Now, the guy that I love, and I think he still has... Key Brian Hayes. I've heard the name. He's my guy. (laughs) That guy is really good. I mean, he is really good. Third baseman of the Pirates. Dan doesn't gush about players very often because you've Hardly been around ever. the game for so long that like you you've seen so many things that very little to you is like I haven't seen that before, right? Right. It's hard to do that. The way that you talk about very Brian Hayes, yes, very that's, tempered. That's With a great, great respect way to, do it. to these players. Absolutely. The way you talk about Key Brian Hayes is oh. different, Dan. It's you. You very clearly see something special in this guy. I I think he's awesome. And I did follow him. And David Eckstein actually touched upon it yesterday. I followed Mm -hmm. him a little bit when he was um, before he got to professional baseball. I'd heard about him. He's Charlie Hayes, son, by the way. Remember Charlie Hayes making the catch for the Yankees in the 96 World Series to end it in foul territory. And I'd heard about his glove. They're like, oh, man, you got to see this guy play. And then David... uh, so I've got a, a nice relationship with David, uh, both professionally and personally. And, and so I would see him at fantasy camp. And I remember when he was with the Pirates, he's like, man, wait till you see this guy, Key Brian Hayes. I was with him, and he's a really good player. He's Charlie's son. And I was like, well, can he hit? He's like, he's getting better. Like, he's getting better and better and better. And then last year, the Cardinals went to Pittsburgh, and they called him up, and we had heard about him. And I, I watched like maybe the, the you know two two of the first three games. I'm like that guy is a stud. And now here's the thing: we saw with Dylan Carlson, the league will adjust with you. You know they're they're going to make some really hard pitches, and they know. And I and the lineup around him is not great, so he's going to be pitched to very very tough. However, I was noticing in at bats, single at bats, and then to his next at bat, at how the Cardinals were pitching him. Man, they pitched him tough. He's laying off pitches. He's taking a ball to right. He hit what double one time. He made a couple of great plays, which I knew was going to happen. So to back to your question, I think the the competition in my mind for Dylan Carlson would be key Brian Hayes, but he's the guy. Uh, Dylan Carlson of all those scenarios. And I, I think Goldie's going to have a really good year. I'm not sure it's going to be an MVP year, but it's going to be a really good year. I think Arenado will have a good year too, obviously. But the protection of Arenado behind Goldie 
that's going to change how you pitch to him. And so you're going to see more production out of Goldschmidt. And he was good last year, BK, but I mean like more more power. And that's what I want to see. That's the thing that's been missing so far in St. Louis is the power. Um, he, it's, he's been good. He's been very good with that stuff. But the elite power that he showed yep. in Arizona, we haven't seen it as much in St. Louis. And I think, like you said, I think we're going to see a little bit more of that this year. Just doesn't expand his own. I mean, when's the last time you really can remember a time, and I know we got to run to a break here, but that he swung at a pitch in the dirt or he swings at a pitch that's up or out of the zone? Is it going to happen? Yeah, he's going to do that. But, man, it doesn't happen very often. So he's selective, and if pitchers are going to have to pitch to him and pick their poison, watch out. I really want to see. I know right now I get why they're doing what they're doing with the 2-3 of Goldie Arenado, and I honestly do like the way well, that that looks. Hold on. R- what you really want is the Nogfather in either 2 or 3 or 4, and then separate those guys. Go ahead. Come on now. Of course. <laughs> and by the way, the Nogfather, John Nagowski, is going to join us coming up at 11.15 today on BK and Ferrario. Really excited about that. But what I, if we can't have Nagowski 2-3, I, I get that. Okay. I'll go ahead and settle for, I would actually, I'm starting to lean towards Dylan Carlson batting third. Um, I kind of want to see Goldschmidt, Carlson, Arenado as the two, three, four in the lineup. You break up the switch hitters at the top of the order. And then before and after Carlson, you've now got a little bit of protection. I think that might be the look that ends up sticking long-term. You won't see it early. Obviously, I think by the end of the year, that might be the, the way that they put this thing together. So I've thought about that. I think it's very logical. And I think you could make that case, too. Um, and what what you would get with that, so ask yourself the question, could we get more production out of these guys back-to-back and really put the pressure on the other team, which you will. However, if we put somebody in between them, and I do like a switch hitter in between them because then that really nullifies maybe some moves that you have to make out of your bullpen with lefties and righties. Um, what kind of production does it, would it equal the production that we get out of the two headed monster or by lengthening the lineup? And I, I guess that's the question you have to ask, which is logical. Yeah. And then if you're, if you're able to do that, that's one through four now that you feel really good about. If then you also get good seasons out of Paul DeYoung and Tyler O'Neill. Now we've got a one through six that I feel really, really good about. And Yadier Molina, I do not love as a hitter batting fifth for you. No. Yadier Molina batting seventh in your lineup, that's where I start to feel a lot better about it. And this is when you start looking at the Cardinals lineup compared to other lineups across the National League. It's like, you know, I would take the Dodgers still. I would probably still take the Padres. The gap's not quite as large as we once thought if you get positive indicators on all of those things. And it's all predicated on... Two and three, Arenado, DeYoung, DeYoung, Goldie, whatever, however you want to put it, those guys being them, and then one of those guys or two of those guys out of the group you mentioned being the kind of player that you hope. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. All right, a few quick hitters before we say goodbye and turn it over to BK and Alex as... Tanner just mentioned, pretty cool. Just six months after uh, St. Louis City SC unveiled its name, the crest, the colors, they introduced Perina as the team's first founding partner and its kit sponsor, bringing together now two female-led organizations. So very cool, and congratulations uh, to them. All right, BK, every time I watch Gonzaga, and I'm going to get in back to baseball, but every time I watch him, I think of you, and you're like, Dan, they're really good. Yeah. Uh, you're not giving enough credit. Dan, you're not giving enough credit. BK, I'm going to give them a lot of credit now. They're awesome. Yeah. I mean, spacing, cutting, how they run their offense, 
pretty darn good, man. That first five, ten minutes of their game last night was ridiculous. It's damn near perfection, and I will give you a little bit of credit. You were also all in on Baylor. Still am. I think Baylor's the only team that can beat them. Of the teams that are remaining, I think it is a crash course between those two teams to get to the national title game, and if that is what we get, oh boy, are we in for a treat when it comes to offensive basketball. That is going to, I don't want to turn anybody off, but that's going to be as close as you can get to NBA style offense in the college game. Got NBA players out there. You know, I mean, Baylor's got three of them. Gonzaga's got a couple. So that you're right. I mean, it's as good as you get. All right. Back to baseball. Are the Cardinals World Series contenders with what they've done this offseason? Yachty back, Wayno back, Arenado the big deal, Carl Ravage of ESPN. Now you look around baseball and you think about teams that have good mixes of youth and experience. They they have a lot of experience. They don't have a ton of youth. They have a lot of experience, and you generally need both, I think. Uh, having a guy like Arenado, having a guy like Wainwright, uh, Molina, tremendous. But I think you're going to have to get a little younger, a little more athletic and and be competitive that way but in that division it's it's the cardinals and the brewers so sure if you win the division you get into the tournament meaning the postseason anything can happen i think they're younger than maybe people expect or think about with tyler o'neill the young is still young edmund williams carlson hicks in the back end i mean those are young players i think they're gonna be all right i think they're gonna be fine um it i think what he's maybe getting at there if i had to guess is proven young players, right? And they are lacking a little bit in that, but that can change. In a month, we could be talking about Dylan Carlson being the clear-cut best outfielder on this team and maybe the third best position player on this team that that's in play so i think that if you get positive indicators on those players you're you're looking at the cardinals completely differently going into the season to answer the question though are the cardinals world series contenders as of today i think my answer would be no that can change over the course of the year i think as of today i would have them battling for third probably fourth best team in the national league and this is not a shot against the cardinals i think the dodgers and padres are clearly the two best teams in all of baseball so it's it's just really tough for me to get you over those two teams when you're probably gonna have to beat both of them in the playoffs i'd be fascinated if we could like fast forward to a conversation that we would have four months from now and we look across the board and go okay who's left standing and who can still comb their hair pitching wise like wake up the next morning and oh I mean, I'm serious. I, I think it's going to be a different year in that regard. So depth is going to be really important. Okay, one of the uh, questions that Tanner posed here, who is the biggest threat to the Cardinals in the Central? Carl Ravage just hit it. I, I believe it's Milwaukee. After that, I, I'm intrigued with the Cubs. I don't love their pitching. I do like their lineup a lot. But it may be like who's left standing here at the deadline. I More than anybody in this division, BK, they have to get off to a good start because if they don't, Bryant, Rizzo, the offer he just got, I mean, makes you think that they don't want That's him. That's insulting. They, it almost say, it says like, well, if he takes it, great. If he doesn't, well, we're going to let him walk. We're going to rebuild anyway. Uh, so Bryant, Rizzo, uh, Contreras, uh, Baez, I mean, Jock Peterson, all these guys. If you, if you get off to a great start, how do you justify? Be very tough. I mean, you can do it, but it's going to be very tough to say to your fan base, yeah, we just we just didn't think they were, this team was going to go anywhere, so we had to get rid of all these players when you're in first place. Can't do that. We've heard Mo talk about the delta for individual players, right, which is like the gap between the range of outcomes. 
you're right. The Cubs have the largest range of outcomes this season. Could they win this division? Absolutely. They've got the high upside players that could swing their way into the postseason and win this division. No doubt about it. They also have the potential to be seven games out at the trade deadline, trade all their stars and finish the year 15 games back of whoever's in first in the division and finish fourth in the in the NL Central. I agree. I think it's the Brewers. I think it's pretty clearly the Brewers as the second best team in this division. I still view the Cardinals, though, as the front runner in the NL Central. I like the Brewers. I like what they did this offseason. I, I think they're on par defensively, potentially, with the Cardinals. Jackie Bradley Jr., Colton Wong. So you've obviously strengthened those positions. You move Hira to first base. He couldn't throw anymore. He was having the yips, issues with throwing. Um, now, the question will be, can Yelich be back to Christian Yelich? Lorenzo Cain is 35, coming off a year in which he didn't play. And hurt. And hurt. So, you know, you got to get those guys going. And if they do, then they're going to be right in it. I don't like the Reds, especially no Iglesias in the back end of games. Sonny Gray, the Cardinals aren't going to see him this weekend. And he's he's been too. dinged up. Yep. And the major question with the Cincinnati, Cincinnati Reds in my mind, can they hit? And if Votto hits, Castiano hits, Moustakis hits, Suarez hits, who's, by the way, playing shortstop Ooh. now, um, then then you got something. You know, then you can outslug some teams. So that's why I like, at least at this point, the Cardinals and the Brewers in the Central. Dan, we always talk about how it's, it's just put the ball in play, right? Right now in baseball, if you are a team that puts the ball in play, you are at a potential advantage. There is no team in baseball where you have a bigger advantage against if you put the ball in play than Cincinnati. The Cardinals this first series of the year just put the ball in play. Nagowski, get out there, put the ball in play. Uh, you didn't mention Pittsburgh. We I mean, Neither did I. Well, yeah. Okay. We can move on. By the way, it may come down to how you play against Pittsburgh. Sure. Really could. I mean, that. I was looking the other day, BK. There could be four teams that have 100 losses this year not in the central i'm talking about across the board in baseball detroit's going to struggle texas is going to struggle pirates are going to struggle colorado could struggle i mean you're looking at four teams that might have 100 losses ouch welcome to baseball in the 2020s yep you got to make it more incentivized and i'm sure that'll happen in the cba uh besides the cardinal players who is the player that could be the x factor in the nl central this year i think it's a great question what about you I think it's a really good one. Uh, biggest X factor in the NL Central this year, other than Cardinals players. I'll, I'll go right off the bat. Uh, Christian Yelich. If Christian Yelich is back to being Christian Yelich, now we're talking if you're the Milwaukee Brewers. And there's no reason to think that he won't be. That's an MVP candidate. That was terrible last year. If he's back to where he was, changes their lineup. I'm not going to give you one player, but I'll go a cop-out answer a little bit, and then I'll try to specify for one player. It's going to be it's going to come from the Cubs rotation. If they can find an answer behind Kyle Hendricks as a legitimate number two starter, and I don't know who is even most likely to be that. Maybe it's Zach Davies. Maybe uh, you get a resurrection of Jake Arrieta of yesteryear. Whoever that guy is, that could be the X factor because they have the hitting. We've talked about that. I don't think they have the pitching right now behind Kyle Hendricks. If you get a legitimate number two in that rotation, it changes the way that I look at the Cubs. That would be my X factor. And they're not flamethrowers. No, it's, kind of of it's kind of a rotation of yesteryear. Interesting. By the way, another team that could lose 100? How about Baltimore? Oh, yeah. That's five. Wow. 
So you got to beat up on those guys. Need to beat up on them. Hey, this is fun. What are you coming up with, uh, Alex? Yeah, looking forward to the show today with Alex. We've got John Nagowski joining us coming up at 1115 today. And coming up in the 12 o'clock hour, 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line if you want to get your thoughts in on this early. Gut feeling. Where are you at on this Cardinal season? Based on everything that happened in the offseason, what we've seen so far in spring training, just gut feeling. What do you think this season is going to be like for the Cardinals? We'll get into that coming up at 12. You've been listening to the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.